Oh, when I say this is Duke Witherhart, where do I say you're from? Like, what would you like? I am... Good question. I don't know. I've not really thought about that. You can say I'm from hmm. England, if you want. From merry old okay. England. From... I just say, this is the... Duke Witherhart from the rainy, limey home of... <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Awesome. Alright, I am going to kick this off then. In three... Oh, okay. hmm? Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, that's our favorite type of people, that we can say whatever we want with them and have their permission. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I feel like I've given too many liberties away already, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. See how it goes? I've been emasculated. Have you seen what Duke was? (laughs) So, um, three, two, one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is Relic Sabor. Shit! <laughs> oh, that's, that's going in a bumper. This is Relic Sabor. <laughs> we're going. We're, All right. we're keeping this. Yeah, this is Relic Sabor. Damn it. All this laughter. That's the hallmark of a good Relic Sabor episode. Uh, my name is Ryan, and I'm really out of sorts now because we've been laughing our butts off collectively at the start of this. Like, you can only laugh your butt off collectively. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Ryan. You might know me as Cole. Um, this is the podcast about Guild Wars 2 and the Guild Wars 2 community. That's a lot more focused, and I think it needs to stay that way. Um, with me today, I have Duke Witherhart from the rainy, uh, b- bad teeth. I almost said state of the UK, but that would be ridiculous. Land of Her Majesty. Land of Her Majesty. That was so complimentary. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we also have. Wow. Yeah, he's not in ever coming back. Also with us, we have Rybok. <laughs> Yeah, hello. <laughs> From the also rainy land of uh, Redmond, Washington. Oh, yeah, that that would be rainy. I was just in Sacramento, which would also be an explanation as to why episode 115 and 116 are coming out at the same time because I was traveling and Audition corrupted the recording files that I had on the USB stick, but that's for another day. So I hope you guys enjoy this week. Uh, I know we said we'd, we'd do it every week, but instead we're just going to front load it here. There's another company that does stuff like that. What was that? Oh. Oh, that's right, ArenaNet. Everybody's <laughs> complaining about that right now. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, quite a few things. We've got the um, some follow-ups on the Chinese release, and uh, some world versus world knowledge finally is amongst us. We're all not really that bad, but Duke's Duke's the man when it comes to that. He's got balls of steel. <laughs> of salts, of salts. We're going to get sued, aren't we? Like, Gearbox is just going to, you know, find our podcast and just put the long shtick of the law... John St. John is going to parachute into your back garden. Push your door oh, down. man, he's even related to this product. <laughs> he's also got a perfect name for how uh, adult we're starting to drift. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, um, uh, let's, talk, let's just jump into um, the rotating cog, shall we? No patch Tuesdays. Give me something to kill already. You know what they say, a patchless Tuesday amasses nothing to talk about. So the China China's open beta begins, and um, we may have uh, Malkior join us like at random through the show, and maybe he can add some more to this. But uh, it looks like we're getting the Festival of the Four Winds coming back. And uh, what else are we looking at? We're also getting uh, the Queen's Gauntlet return, which is interesting because the two events weren't particularly related, but they do have one thing in common, which is that far and away they are, on average, the community's two favorite patches, Absolutely. barring perhaps Super Adventure Box from some of us, uh, you know, platformy type of players. But um, yeah, so it's really interesting to have this sort of celebration patch that's bringing back two unrelated events, but ones that were both extremely well received. Um I mean, I th- I think it's interesting. It's going to have a huge impact on the economy um, because both of those patches had huge impacts on the economy. Uh, the Queen's Gauntlet because it was such a farm fest and it drove costs down. It's going to be really interesting, actually, now that I think about it. The Queen's Gauntlet drove costs super low on things like uh, Vicious Claws and certain other materials because they were high concentrations of level 80 guys that were freq- that didn't really have late- level 80 equivalents. Um, and then the for uh, the four wins uh, drove prices up because everybody was trying to sell a bunch of previously extremely low cost materials 
materials um, like cloths and leathers and some of the lower tier woods and you could sell those in bulk for um, like sort of gambling prize boxes. So that drove the costs up because everybody sort of figured out what the price point of what it was worth um, was. And we've already seen some market shifts in that direction that some of those super cheap materials have gone up like almost double in price. I know my my bank is gonna clear out. Finally, get yeah. rid of those spinal blade shard uh, pieces of okay. That I've got what are they even called? Spinal blade shards. Spinal blade shards. Just the pieces. Blade shards. Yeah. I'm just trying to overcomplicate the name. I don't know if they've said it, but I just kind of assume that that's that this is that patch that they were talking about when they said hold on to them because you'll have a way to get rid of them or a way to spend them. Absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah. when everybody was like, "That's how we're gonna get rid of them." The festival, of the four winds, is gonna come back, and and that's just speculation. And then here it is. And there's gonna yeah. be a vendor there accepting 250 piles of shards <laughs> at a time for or something know, yeah yeah weapon scraps hopefully or something like that but yeah i agree oh, that would be awesome i mean i love the festival of the fall winds the um zephyr sanctum and things like that when that was first released um i wasn't really hot on the whole voting thing that happened two weeks into the patch but i just loved that whole area and the atmosphere that it brought so that's excellent and then obviously we've got the crown pavilion making a return and um it's interesting that you didn't um, like the voting thing because I thought that was one of the most interesting things they've done with the living story because it let us, the players, actually have some impact on where things were going to go. Yeah, this is where there's like uh, one thing I like about our podcast is we have a lot of different opinions and we don't get too mad at each other for having them. Uh, that being yeah. said, I'm a little bit Unless of a you're conspiracy Ryan and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that voting system, man, something. Okay, cool. they were dead set on making Scarlet like the 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 antagonist through it. She was going to be sure. involved in everything. I know if what we you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, come. Yeah, if we got the Abaddon <sighs> fractal, how was she going to be part of that? Mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree. Like it just so happened that a few months before, obviously the fractal was released, we happened to vote for the candidate which brought out the Thorminoa. Uh, reactor Thractal. I, I go the other way. I think that it's not that they rigged it. I think they would have found a way to put Scarlet into the Abaddon Fractal rather than... And that's worse. Oh, it is. But but here's... But I've got a, a reasonable uh, lore explanation. We've already seen that uh, that Scarlet sort of seems to have some sort of temporal rifts and things like that. Uh, it's not inconceivable that she witnessed the fall of Abaddon and then like drew conclusions about that. Like She wasn't participating in it but, you know, she used some some magic and, and watched it happen and then said, oh, jabber, 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 you know, techno babble, uh, dragons, dragons, Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I think they could have handled it fairly tastefully, but um, I, I do agree that I think she probably would have been part of it in some way. Yeah. So I, I'm not sitting here saying that they rigged it, but... It's, it, it's, I don't know if you guys have seen that Rust video. Maybe I'll try and find a link to it, but it's a possibility. Oh my it God. happened once in the eighth grade. It's never going to happen again. Did you just shit this fireplace out? It's a possibility. <laughs> Many things come out of my asshole. You know, uh, learn that. Once oh. you get to know me a little bit better. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though. Yeah, the thing that I didn't like about the voting was that it was just too passive. Like, all you really did to contribute to the change in the living world was simply putting a vote in a box. And obviously, to get all the achievements, you needed to vote for both candidates at some stage anyway. That's true. So yeah. um, it's not as if you were particularly loyal to one. Some people were, and some people were um, felt very strongly about certain candidates. But for the majority of the player base, they just really didn't care as long as they got their achievements done and yeah as I, as I say it was too passive for me to like it compared to say the crown pavilion where there was a 24 7 zerg going on and also the challenges yeah i'm excited to see if they've changed those and i'm also excited to see which things whether things come back or whether they're changed um both things like exclusive skins um i believe that some of the exclusive skins will not be there just because of the fact that winter's day and halloween re um have repeated this year and did not have the same skins that works that most of them that were exclusive um you know they didn't have the scythe they didn't have the chain sword um things like that so so I I kind of suspect that their philosophy is that they don't reintroduce the same the same skins that maybe were sort of iconic of that patch um, just because they want to create an economy of value for people that play during those time periods. Um, but it'll be interesting. And and like I said, with the the challenges, there's there's some 
people are back and forth on how they feel about things like Liadri. You know, like whether or not they want the achievements to be retroactive if you beat Liadri now versus if you beat it then, or if there's going to be any changes. It's going to be really interesting to see how this turns out. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else have we got for the festival? There's some links here that I did not visit. How about you guys? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think in terms of the pavilion as well, have we really considered as to um, the mega server impact and things like that as well? Because, I mean, mm. back when the pavilion was active, it was quite interesting to see a massive PvE zerg turn out for it. Uh, and obviously back last year, there was no such thing as the mega server. And so it's quite interesting to see these people who you knew from, say, World vs. World and things like that, turn out for a huge PvE sort of event. Now, obviously that's not really going to happen this time if indeed the, the mega server is applied to the pavilion. So I wonder if um, that's going to make a change to anyone's experience. I don't think so, because they were just blindly following the Zerg to begin with. On the other hand, it is going to group you with your guildmates. So if you're a multi-server guild like Twit Guild is, that's going to be really nice. Because I did guest sometimes um, to do the pavilion, but uh, most of the time I was just too lazy or I switched characters and then forgot to re-guest or whatever. Um, so in some of those ways, it'll actually be kind of nice to be able to automatically be grouped with certain people. Um, I don't know about that algorithm, though, because when we're doing guild missions... Um, you hear a lot of complaining on Mumble because it, it says that you'll be grouped up with your guildies, but we actually spend a lot of time ferrying. Just in terms of guild missions and the way that algorithm is working, I think it's kind of like I'm in church right now. <laughs> That's really interesting because I've never, for guild missions specifically, we've actually, I think, always been put into the same mega server in my like anecdotal experience. So I guess it is obviously wonky if it seems to be working for us and isn't working for you guys. That's You are lucky. And if that's happy, you are very lucky because, I mean, even on the EU side of things, um, my guild RPS, we run guild missions twice a week. And I think ever since Mega Service came out and they were applied to all zones, I don't think that they've had a properly successful run without having to guess people around, switch people between parties and things like that to get them all into the same zone. So I guess it obviously depends on the size of your guild as well. Um, yeah, but it, and how many people you're trying to ferry. Yeah, that's true too. Absolutely, but... Um, Either either way, why wouldn't you just create a specific instance for a guild doing their missions? I, you know, it's one of the many problems that become quite apparent when you start thinking about the mega it, it would be easier for us if we could just change the time. But the only time that works for everybody in the guild, because we have people from New Zealand and stuff, the only time that works is reset. So we have to do it then. I will say that the, the Queen's Gauntlet was always full on my server, and so I was almost always in an overflow. And so honestly, I think the biggest difference for me will be that the servers will be more consistently spread, so you're less likely to get into a bum overflow um, just because there are no overflows anymore. So I feel like that's at least a slight positive. You show up in this overflow. All right, guys, let's do this. You're sitting in this map chat and you look around. NPCs. <laughs> NPCs everywhere. Or or alternatively, you were trying. Oh, that actually, now that I think about it, the, you, we were trying to get into overflows if we were trying to do the challenge because you could only do it one at a time. So if yeah. you wanted to fight Liadra, you had to, you had to queue up for it, which, you know, was sort of by design, but also sort of. So it was sort of fun, but also sort of annoying. And with mega servers, there's basically no chance of that happening. That's really, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I think as well, going back to right at the start of the episode when obviously we mentioned about changes to World vs. things like that, and obviously I'm, I'm present and I know a little bit about World vs. World. Um, at the moment, Edge of the Mist is very, very popular because it's essentially the greatest karma XP loot train, train ever, right? It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And it's like everyone who goes into the map, no matter what team they're on, get something out of it quite easily just by following the command around and press one a lot. Um, now, it's going to be interesting, obviously, now the Cramp Pavilion's back to see what the impact will be on Edge of the Mists, because will people stop going to Edge and instead go to Cramp Pavilion, because obviously there's less risk with the Pavilion um, and arguably... And more money. Yeah, exactly, and arguably more rewards. Um, so that that is going to be very interesting, actually. Karma is a very interesting one, though, because especially as somebody who is making their, you know, not first legendary, um, a karma's in very short supply, which is something I don't really uh -huh. like that much. And 
I I spent myself broke on Karma for the first time in ages, and I still need 250 obby for the gift of uh, mastery. And that's 500,000 Karma, and you only get 600 Karma for doing a daily and about 500 for doing a heart. And Edge of the Mist is pretty much one of the only... Edge of the Mist and kind of Fractals are pretty much the only ways of getting Karma right now if you need it. And it's sort of one of those weird issues where a lot of people ended up with literally millions of Karma from from the old days, and I had it at 1.2. And, you know, either they spent it because they just assumed they could get more, or they... um, Yeah, well, that's usually what happened. And then they ended up broke, whereas the other people didn't find a use to spend it, and so now there's... Now they're millionaires, and they still only have basically legendaries to spend it on, but they have so much that they never care. It's a really weird, it's a really weird state that we've gotten in where some people that, you know, didn't really have anything better to do just have millions of karma, and there's no way to get it now. So they're, you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, it definitely is going to be more monetarily rewarding, the Queen's Pavilion, that is. Well, speaking of mega servers, um, we did find something on the subreddit. By the way, we just need to give a shout out to the subreddit, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> for having a lot of con, I like I, I love and hate that place, man. For having a lot of cool stuff to talk about this show. So if you're a subreddit uh, downvoter, I mean, subscriber, I'm sorry, subscriber, mm-hmm. then you're gonna have seen a lot of that. So hopefully our discussion about it doesn't bore you, hoopless. So um, this is called the slash ip command. Um, and this is a way to check which um, mega server you're on, and also if you're having problems with your connection with it, it can be really used in a trace route. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Um, I was going to point out that, that was a really good segue from our talks about mega servers. It's um, yeah, I I ran it actually just to see what it looks like in game, and I get yeah, and as you said, I guess it's the IP of the mega server that you're on, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much super use it has since you can't transfer between yeah. them, but I do feel they've said that we can't. That it would be very difficult to implement a district switching system like we had in Guild Wars 1 and that, you know, in air quotes, the technology is very different. But at the same time, if you can just type a command in and it tells you what you're... (laughs) <laughs> what server you're connected to like obviously your client knows what server it's connected to i mean i guess the problem would maybe be giving your client knowledge of all the other ones that are currently spun up or whatever but anyway it's uh it's interesting and maybe maybe in the future i don't like my mega server ip config release <laughs> IP config renew. Renew, why yeah, has my internet connection died uh, no i mean uh, again i agree uh, at the end of the day it's very uh, it's all very well having this command, and the information might be interesting, but it, you know, if you're still in a different mega server somewhere, it doesn't solve that problem. You're still going to have to party with them and transfer over through you know, joining them in their zone. So um, obviously you've got the tracer element as well, which is quite um, useful if you're into that sort of thing, but I have absolutely no network knowledge, so it's completely beyond me. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it's handy, I guess, to know that you can call up that information from within the client, but at the moment it's got real no real use unless um, I'm trying to think of an instance where it would be useful. But you, troubleshooting, basically, troubleshooting. yeah, I guess troubleshooting. Yeah. But uh, you know, in, in terms of in the game, um, mm. no, you you know, if you if you're trying to identify what server someone like one of your friends is in, would just kind of pie, and if you can see them on the map, you're like, oh, we're on the same server. Yeah, you just end up right-clicking their portrait and being like, I'm trying to join you there in Blaze Ridge. I'm in Iron Marches. Well, that's what's been wrong for the last hour. I'm in Dunes of Despair. Um, speaking of <laughs> speaking of useful chat commands, uh, credit to uh, subredditor Haza Soul. Um, they posted a link to the Guild Wars 2 wiki chat commands. Um, there's actually just a page that shows all the ones that you can use, and most of them I think people know. But there's a few there's a few ones that might be useful or easier shortcuts um, in there. So you might want to check that out. Uh, Wiki.guildwars2.com/wiki/chat_command um, gives you things like the supply info command for commanders that tells you how much supply is around you. Um, well, you know, within like one foot. Yes. Sure. Yeah, it sure. Is quite... But you can, you can do slash wiki. I think a lot of players don't know you can do slash wiki and space and then, yeah. And then you type something and it will pull up the Guild Wars 2 wiki with a search of what you put after it. Um, there's a slash stuck command for if you get, you know, stuck in the map or whatever that can help ArenaNet possibly either fix it or get you out. Oh, anyway, just a, just a little short aside that came up in that in that Reddit thread. 
Yep. And also, speaking of the subreddit, there has been, they got flooded with these threads about, did you know about each profession? Mm. There is some crap in there that it was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's how it's always been. Now we've got Mesmer's freaking making chair clones. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was fantastic, actually. Those did you know theories. And, you know, someone's obviously put quite a lot of effort into um, compiling each of those. I don't think it's all the same person for each of them. I think, did it start with the elementalist one? And then on the back of that... People have come to the front and said, oh, well, I know this about this class, and therefore I will post my own topic on it. But yeah, some of the stuff is tremendous. And I don't even think that ArenaNet knew about some of the uh, the points, which I'm just trying to look up. <laughs> I would I would wager that they probably knew about them, but if they're bugs, they probably have just gotten filtered to the back of the back of the queue in terms of importance. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's always those bugs that uh, turn into quote unquote features, you know, that uh, sort of can end up adding a higher skill ceiling to the class or whatever if you learn how to use them. Yeah, I'm being attacked from above by what? A phantasmal duelist. <laughs> Did you see that one? You could be falling off a cliff and summon a phantasmal duelist and it'll stand in the air. That's awesome. I didn't see that one. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff like that that I just, I never would have even thought to try. And it's all there. Now, a lot of them, they look like you have to practice it a bit to actually get it down. Um, Like with a guardian. Actually, I don't know if this one's in there, but on a sword guardian, you can actually, if you can do the first two auto attacks. And if you turn just a little bit at an angle so that you're kind of facing away during that third one that has like the huge cleave. Um, it'll still hit, but it won't. And then when you turn back to the enemy, your character will go back to do that number three auto attack again. You can get a lot of damage out of that. I, I mean, it's a if you can really get it nailed down, you could probably up your DPS, but it's not like DPS is hard to achieve in this game right now. <laughs> well, maybe for a Guardian, depending on your build. But um, yeah, I, I mean, even just like tiny, tiny things, like with a Warrior with Great Sword 5, will hit the stealth target if it's cast before they are stealth. So, you know, Small things like that. Obviously, if you five and then you've got an idea as to when the enemy is, which is quite useful when it comes to environments like SPVB, um, and you're trying to duel with a thief. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, you guys should check that out if you have a specific... We can't go through these. Ad- There's just so much stuff. Maybe sometime we'll do a project where we kind of try and do that in audio form, but for now, just go read it. It's amazing. Yeah. That'll be in the show notes. Um, there was also a red post this week, and I got to preface this because we have an in the guild joke. There's a guy named Borks. And um, when you talk about Borks as a baked potato, it's a huge euphemism. <laughs> that being said, it was just funny that uh, there was a red post this week. It was kind of talking about how new content and updates to that content and the community's feedback affects it, how all that happens. And they used as a metaphor a freaking potato. Yeah. Like baking a potato, indeed. Um, yeah, I think that was quite interesting how that thread turned out because... Do you, do you want to read it? Well, I can do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's titled, but... I mean, this will give us some great potato bumpers. <laughs> I have I have a desire to read it as a Russian. I don't know why. <laughs> well, the guy's name who made it, I can't even pronounce that. It's like, do you box blast? So he might, he might be Russian. Um, and it was in the structured SPVP structured SPVP, structured PVP forum uh, on the official Guild Wars 2 website. And the title of the thread is Transparency. It was here, now it's gone. And the OP says the developers were very transparent when the latest patch was just around the corner. Where are they now? I have not seen a dev comment in a single thread for a very long time. You've gotten a lot of feedback already, but it gets frustrating to give it to you when it's one-way communication slash dialogue between players only. So it's quite a hostile OP. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, some people make some relevant comments. And then <laughs> uh, Evan Lesh, who is a gameplay programmer, made a comment saying, work, 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 work. China, work, work, work. No time to discuss, but I still read near every thread. And uh, <laughs> that didn't go down too well on the thread. <laughs> nope. So... Yeah, Evan kind of does a little bit of antagonizing the people in the thread. Um, and then he, he finally comes out with... Oh, no, it's not it's not Evan. It's actually Brendan G. Who finally comes out with... Um, While well, we'd love to give you a time of we're sending, of when we're sending out the potato, remember that during the development process, we may discover that a baked potato would be even better. So instead of getting the potato of your dreams, you end up with something completely unexpected. It often happens that a mashed potato with gravy is even better still. <laughs> Unfortunately, gravy requires more dev time. So we end up shipping a mashed potato without gravy to meet our promise of ship time, or we push back the time and date of when we are shipping again and again. 
You may get your mashed potato with gravy, but it is delivered much later than it was expected. Worst of all is that when we realise that potatoes are way too mainstream and that yams are where it's at now, and I think we all know how reactions seem to go when we ship yams instead of potatoes. <laughs> so in a lot of cases, the best we can do is tell you that we're still in the kitchen cooking things up. We're reading your feedback and that we're expected to get the meal out to you soon. Soon, rather, TM. Wow. Yeah, with the trademark, the little trademark uh, superscript. Okay, yeah. so... Okay. Anyway, the, well, that's the bottom of the first page of the thread. And then there's two more pages after that of people saying, Oh my god, yeah, but when's the potato coming out? Will it have a plate? <laughs> Will I have cutlery to eat the potato with? Um, etc. Way to completely miss, miss the metaphor, too. <laughs> like, the whole the whole point is, like, what what if yams are hot now, hot now? That's why we don't tell you about things before we're positive that that's what we're doing. Yeah, no, it, uh, I thought it was a very apt description. Because, um, I mean, you know, we all do know how what happens when they release yams and promised potatoes. You know, some people don't like yams, but they were promised potatoes. I think Mitch Hedberg has some wisdom to shed on this. He says, it takes forever to cook a baked potato in a conventional oven. <laughs> Sometimes I just throw one in there, even if I don't want one, because by the time it's done, who knows? <laughs> what? That's not how... It takes so long. <laughs> well, and then there are people taking it far too literally, like, oh, I'm not going to pronounce his name, the... Oh, the Den of Sin. Okay, that's not too complicated. Um, bottom of the second page in the thread says, What you're saying is that a restaurant customer should walk in, ask for a potato, then get ignored for two hours while the kitchen prepares a chopped salad with lots of bugs in it because the owner did not hire people who can properly clean the veg. Right. Uh, uh, wow. No, that the simile, the, the metaphor only applies yeah. to the topic at hand, so yeah. I mean, if you want to extend the metaphor, what's really happening is that the game developer is cooking one meal for a thousand guests, or in this case, more than a million, and they've all put in their orders, and they only get to make one mm. meal, and so they have to take as long as they can to cook prop like both adequate food and food that is satisfying to the majority of their customers. Like if you if you really want to go with the the kitchen analogy and ordering food, um, and yeah, and speaking back to that earlier comment where um, I think you said it was Evan uh, sort of antagonized the person. I mean, the the main takeaway there is that you know the the person then responded to that and said, well, you know, if you're reading all the threads, why don't you just take some time and and post a few words to some of them? How yeah. hard could that be? And I mean, that's that's complete spotlight effect. You're looking at it and saying, well, my thread. There's only a couple of my threads. How hard could it be to respond to a couple of them? But there's thousands of threads about thousands of different things. And just because you read them, if you commented on all of them, it would actually take all yeah. day. And so if you comment on some, then people would go, oh, you ignore X, Y, and Z issues. And if you comment on all of them, then people complain that you're not doing work. You're just <laughs> reading the forums. And if you comment on none of them, people just say, oh, you're clearly not reading the forums at all. So it's... Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, even if they were to comment on like 10% of all threads that would pretty much take them their entire workday and uh, yeah you know that's hundreds of threads but even so uh, you know th there's still going to be ones that a certain individual a certain member of the community will miss and therefore they will still have grounds to say well the development team are not interacting with their fans on the forum and that you know they might be posting on, on as i say hundreds of threads a day but because there's just so damn many you know, it, it's hard to keep on top of. That and these guys work for a big company and anybody that's worked for a big company knows that red tape is a thing. Yeah. And these guys, they probably have to be very careful and sometimes they probably just don't know how to say it without getting busted by, I don't know, <clears throat> NCSoft? Um, I, I don't even know who stands over their head. Legal team, God knows what. So I think primarily it would just be the community team, but that would be because of the, you know, sort of next step. But yeah, I was I was about to make that exact point is, you know, on top of that, anything that they say will be taken as a promise for yeah. potatoes, um, you know, and so not only not only do they not have time, but, you know, there is an actual logistical problem with commenting on things and, you know, revealing too much or having things being taken as a promise. Yeah, it's um... so essentially Tyria has become Latvia. What did potato <laughs> say to other potato? Nothing. There is no potato, only hunger and sadness. My potato is wooden. I like it very much. <laughs> a few of them around. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the next one. We've got, I don't know what we're calling this one anymore, tinfoil armchair hat. 
Oh, that would be uncomfortable. This 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 segment's been called everything in the past, so whatever you want it to be, tinfoil corner arms. I, I screwed it up anyway in the way I lifted it's, it. That's awesome. So it's anyways. like the um, <laughs> song of ice and fire subreddit, what the guild was. I heard quaggins are going to become a playable race. Ugh. I heard there'll be a use for Imperial Fragments. I heard that Zomorus doesn't even like Precursors. I heard that the legendary armor is going to be made out of glint. I heard Queen Jenna doesn't wear shoes because she's allergic to people with souls. I heard that some Silvari athletes use Miracle Grow. That's just speculation. This is your captain speaking. Tinfoil hats must be worn at all times during armchair development. So, um, one thing that also has been discussed on the subreddit, but it's something that way back in the day I even made a, made a video about, is how to secure your account. With all the gold whisperers out there right now, you guys got to get your accounts better set up. Mm-hmm. I know you probably haven't been hacked yet, but if you haven't done your due diligence, you are going to get hacked because these dudes are all over it right now. So, uh, a few of the things you could do. Um, number one, there's two-step authentication, especially with Google email which is just smarter to use anyway, especially if you do like banking or bills or stuff like that on email. So get that two-step authentication with Gmail. Also go with Gmail because if you're not using that, you're wrong. On top of that, you also want to set up a Gmail account that's solely for Guild Wars 2, especially right now. Um, You can set that email to forward to your personal one, but that makes your other one much harder to track down because the way these guys find your email account is by hacking you through Steam or Origin or something else. And then they just realize, hey, you probably use the same email. Yeah, yeah. like fan sites and, and, you know, unsecure guild forums and things like that. Like RelicsOfWar.com, for example. (laughs) That's very secure. Oh, we're, we're a bastion of security, I assure you. So, um, yeah, you want to use different email accounts. If you're using Gmail, you can actually also set it up. Um, if you, if say your email was pepperjackman at gmail.com, it could now be, you could put pepperjackman and then do a plus sign, Guild Wars 2, and then at gmail.com. As far as the, how that gets parsed in the email, it's just going to see pepperjackman at gmail.com. And I also apologize to pepperjackman. I've thrown you under the bus. <laughs> Um, He's got his but, account. But, yeah, but in order to log into your Guild Wars account, they need to know that little string that basically got commented out there. Um, so I've got a video about this. I'll, I'll post it on there so it's more visual and you're not hearing it and passing through audio. That's going to help you. Then um, in the actual game, uh, the, the password you set up, this stupid crap, you know, the, you go to set up an account at a bank or something like that. They'll be like, it must have exactly one punctuation mark, one capital letter. You must stand on your head while punching this in. Just all that crap. All you need to do, um, stuff that's easier for you to remember, oftentimes is harder to hack. So just come up with a statement, like a nonsensical uh, statement that's like, uh, Latvian baked potato, not Tyria, uh, blessed. Just get real random about it, but then remember that phrase and, and, you know, throw in a capital letter at the start of each word. That is so much harder to hack. So set something up like that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to secure this. And there's a big old post about it too on the Guild Wars 2 forum that we'll link out to. You guys need to do this, especially yeah. right now, um, because the majority of the whispers I'm getting now are not XPQ3, or wait, there can be a 3, XPQWQ. Instead, it's an actual name like, you know, Raging Diabetic just asked me if I want to buy gold. <laughs> I'm serious, I've seen that. <laughs> As a diabetic, I find that name incredibly <laughs> funny. <laughs> I lost my insult again, damn it. No, but I, I agree. I mean, with RPS, um, I hope they don't mind me saying this publicly, but we have had our Guild Bank uh, raided completely in the past by an inactive member who had their account hacked. And we knew this member in real life, and he was obviously very apologetic afterwards, but he didn't have two-factor authentication in. And as far as I'm aware, he was using a common email for everything so it was very easy for these people to get into his account and uh, as i say they, they cleaned us out um so you lost all your level yeah, 40 food? and potions of i wanted potatoes and yams slaying and things like that yeah nice and minor sigils so don't worry we've we're back on top now but i think there ought to be um that would help this is number one some in-game rewards for setting up your security correctly so if you've got authentication and all that that would be awesome because then people they want this thing in game so they just set this up they'll complain i'll never get hacked well that sucks but you know you want this so and there should also be a guild bank permission setting so if this person doesn't have two-step authentication oh god yes. they can't get yeah, in absolutely That'd be cool too. um i mean as a result of what happened to rps we now 
set our permissions within the guild so that inactive members can't access the bank or to withdraw anything from the bank rather but um yeah you just really need to be cautious about the sort of thing because the people who say oh it'll never happen to me it'll happen to them and then that shaman if you've never heard of him this guy's an awesome data mining guru he data mined some stuff from the upcoming patch and it seems to me like it has some kind of Canton themes to it. Obviously, we've got the, you know, the Festival of the Four Winds and all that coming up. But there's very dragon-esque, Canton-esque looking um, items in here. And I can't help but wonder if this isn't a little bit of um, kind of setting the stage for possibly actually making Cantha a thing. But uh, what we do know is that it's most definitely probably for the, the Festival of the Four Winds for now, these assets. Uh, but I just like, maybe it's just my really hopeful self that's sitting here saying, yeah, it's for this, but is this, the whole, you know, slightly more Canton-themed version of the festival also setting the stage for something. But with, um, I don't know, we're right now, the, the dragon coming up, his name's Megtheridon, right? Uh, <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, is it Megadirus? I keep but forgetting. Morjamoth, Me there we go. Mega no, I, was, I was naming like bad guys from Godzilla and crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, with that coming up, it doesn't seem like it's still coming That's in the near future. That's precisely what I was going to say. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a Canthan focus for a very long time, at least until after Living Story Season 2. And we'll probably, oh god, I've said probably, um, we might get an expansion after next year, depending on what happens with Morjamoth and whether or not we kill him slash her um, within the next year. I want Gakis to be the new thing so bad. Just get rid of all quaggin. They're just gone. Now you have gacky backpacks with their nice loincloths. What if what if the gacky hunt down the quaggin and turn them into gacky snacks? I'm I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and and some of the dragon stuff I've actually seen in the promo material of the four winds. They I believe they actually had some of those uh dragon uh I'm forgetting the word now, but the decorations, I guess you'll just say. Um strewn about by the airship so i think mostly that that's probably what it's from i think most of us would love to see cantha and or alona if we were guild wars one players but i feel like it's probably not in the cards at least for quite a while for the reasons that you guys mentioned like there's been there's sort of been no hype about it there's been no mention of it they've been very gun shy about mentioning the big e word um mm -hmm. and you know i kind of doubt that they would give us an entire continent in living story chunks um and then of course the mordrama thing so yeah if 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 it is coming it's it'll be a while i feel fairly confident in saying but also it's worth mentioning that that shaman's post was from before they had announced bizarre of the four winds returning so oh i didn't know that yeah it was it was uh i think it was the day before it was very it was very close but um yeah the post has been edited on reddit if you actually go check it out it says you know Please note this is before this this announcement. So, okay, yeah. All right, so this is uh, we got a lot of feedback on Twitter for the bumper for this. It's the uh, World vs. <laughs> World section. Brand new. We have somebody here fit to really talk about it. Called Stack on Pin. Amazing working title. It says on the show notes. I think you should keep that Stack on Pin. Um, yeah. Commander, they're taking our tower. What do we do? Uh, incoming Zerg of eight hundred headed for the clock tower. Who has mastery? Stay on the taco! Oil! Cannons! Might, might, might! But don't chase, dammit! Did half the Zerg just run after one guy? <sighs> Vale! For the love of God, where's my Vale? Defend the garrison! Well, that's why we need more people on TeamSpeak. I need a master rammer! Drop buffs, buffs, fields, buffs, stack. <laughs> vale, for the love of God, where's our Vale? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I would say one of the lines, but uh, far too undignified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you should say it. That's Don't perfect. Chase. Do it. Did half the Zerg just run after one guy? <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> the one after is hilarious. Join yep. Commander on TS. And then, obviously, a wipe happens. And then, oh, that's why we need more people on TS. Indeed. As if TeamSpeak will solve all of your problems and it's not just the. <laughs> and, and or the skill of the random uh, pubs. Ah, uh, yes. Did you say pubs? Pubs. Well, pubs? yeah, it's a, it's a term from other games generally for public public games, pickup games. No, like, I thought you said pubs like Irish pub. Oh, I, well, it's, it's it is that word pub like public as in oh. not coordinated. So I, I've always heard pub it and pug are very pubs. similar. Like pub is pub is usually um like a pub server, you know, where a server is all just public and open, and you know, random scrubs join. Pug is obviously pickup group. I got gotcha. um, you. So they we've have been a very similar context. Yeah, I like pubs better. 
Now, every yeah. time, next time I'm the I'm the pub in a Zerg, I can start talking with an Irish accent. <laughs> what are the luck charms? Yeah, you can just and you can imagine that everybody else there is just you know drunk. There you go. Yes, just like me. <laughs> that explains the behavior. Was everyone was laughing to see you that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm so glad we turned off this to talk, guys. All right, so so our resident our resident world be world expert though let's let's give him his uh, day in the sh- in the spotlight in the sun whatever whatever metaphor metaphor <laughs> something something um, day in the zerg day in the borderlands <laughs> day in the zerg <laughs> um, yeah it's good at the moment because the world versus world tournament ends right at the end of this month it ends on the thirtieth of May now there's thirty one days in May it ends on the thirtieth which is the Friday because it resets on the Friday so remember that I'm sure most people have done their meta achievements haven't you guys I'm sure <laughs> um, okay. I'm half done I'm half done i I can get it in the in the remaining thirteen days if I buckle down and do it, but I've been preoccupied with my uh next legendary making and other real life things but i'm half done i i think most i would say three of the remaining five are pretty easy but two of them i'm too busy trying to find my corpse and where i lost it in stormwind <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be mad at me for admitting to this i did load up wow the first thing i did set up an interface then i walked up to some pug literally a pug a dog and it was like an attackable npc or so, so i walked up to it and i slapped it and the thing gibbed me in one shot i was just dead and this was a character from a long time ago so he's 85 just Welcome dead to dark souls and I'm like, where the hell was that pug at i don't even know what's going on and why am i alliance anyway this is i'm done talking about this next time i talk about <laughs> wow i'll do it in some voice that people can at least you know like christopher walken or something oh, wowie wowie wow <laughs> This is what happens. <laughs> the eyes are the windows <laughs> to your face. <laughs> Stabbing the face. Sorry, guy. <laughs> this is what happens if you jump off the edge of the mist and no one rests you. I, you turn into Christopher Walken and then land in WoW. I do what I want. I jumped off the edge of the mists. I got bowled straight into hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, so I love how this is the podcast where we officially mention that we're more on topic, and then here we are talking about World of Warcraft and Christopher Walken. <laughs> yes. So back uh, to World v. World. <laughs> there's not a terrible amount to say about it, it's just, I, I mean, I'm probably going to put together a um, an event for my server, good as hold, for the last week or so, where we'll probably trample around the maps, golems or something, um, because I've not done a big event in a while. But I think most people have done the meta, and therefore it's quite interesting now to see the numbers in World vs. World compared to, say, six weeks ago, where you know everyone was piling into the Borderlands, everyone was piling into Edge of the Mists, and now, like, I, I played Edge today on my warrior just to get a few levels and it wasn't really that busy it's still a decent train but in comparison to as i say about a month ago it's really um emptied out so it'll be interesting to see if more people actually do return to world versus world as the season comes to it to an end because they realize that hang on they've, they've only done eight out of ten meta achievements like i have and oh crap i only have three days left <laughs> How do you how do you weigh in on the whole uh, sort of like Blackgate scandal? Have you been following that at all? A little bit. Was it? I don't want to say match fixing, but um, oh, I I actually think match fixing is a completely legitimate term okay. to use for it. Well, in that case, we'll use match fixing. Um, uh, yeah, it's in that case, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, it. It's kind of weird to see things like that happen because uh, I play in mm-hmm. a relatively high silver tier server. We're fourth in the tournament at the moment on the EU side. And um, it's it's weird because even though Asa invests a lot of time and effort into World versus World, what Black Date, what Black Gate, not Black Date, a horrible date, um, have done is kind of like upping the level to almost like we're in Eve Online or something. You know, it, it's just a little bit too meta for it to actually take place in World versus World, which is about bonking enemy summers on the head. It, it's surreal. Um, I'm not sure if, if people know too much about basically the uh, scandal of uh, of what happened with Blackgate, but um, I'm trying to explain it in kind of a way that doesn't guess that it's match fixing. Um, well, I also heard that there was some uh, almost collusion on the part of the other two servers. That yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. Essentially, um, 
again, going back to me playing on Gunner's Hold, I think there was only once or twice in our entire history of a server in World vs. World that we had an alliance with another server. And even then, the backlash mm-hmm. on the back of, of us doing that by the third server, who was unfortunately being ganged up on, I think it was maybe Aurora Glade back then, um, uh, was, was terrific. So it's kind of interesting that Blackgate, who are a very popular World well, vs. World server, have the balls to go out and say, basically, yeah, we're going to speak to the other two servers in, in our matchup. We're basically going to say that we want to come out on top, deal with it, otherwise we'll pound you into the ground, um, so you better not play. Why don't they just rename that server to Comcast? <laughs> because then you wouldn't have any other choice. Yeah, that's, that's what they're yeah. going for, though. Uh, yeah. I suppose that's true. Then we could we, we could call Northern Shiver Peaks Google Fiber and really hope that that actually pans out. But Jade Quarry is actually valid competition. Oh, so they'd be what? They would be um, Verizon? Google Fiber? Uh, well, yeah, but if they're... Well, it depends. Are they being shady Depends on if they're it? the evil alliance of internet <laughs> providers or the uh, so-called good guys. Oh, Northern Shiver Peaks could be America Online. <laughs> Outdated, old, and you just pass out little CDs like dial with your up. name on it for a yeah, dial-up, exactly. <laughs> You, you end up in the, the vigil keep and it's making the freaking <laughs> Welcome, you got owned. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see that happen at, at you know, the top, 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 top of World vs. World. And um, I'm sure it's great for Blackgate to kind of turn around and say, we have so much influence on the scene that we can... Um, manipulate the outcome of matches ahead of time it's just simply because no one wants to mess with us and you know what if i played on that server you know i wouldn't be one of the people saying oh yeah let's do this let's do that i'm planning it but i would be like sweet you know we can we can keep on top and um uh, i don't think really anyone gave a lot of consideration when it came to the the morals involved because after all when you're in world versus world when you're in a borderlands or edge of the mists people you're playing against are just a red generic name you know there's no connection with them there's no association right. oh you're looking at there's no person behind it perception like your perception of that is that, that exactly way. so um yeah it was interesting to see and then you know, going back to the show notes where we're saying the generic things that, that commanders say. Um, it's really strange to see, at least on Gunners, that there was a time when we pushed a lot for pubbies. Did I say pubbies? Public players? To, to just jump on pubbies, that's it. Pub- yeah, pubbies! pubbies. Uh, to jump on TeamSpeak yeah. with the commander, but not so much anymore. Um, mainly because I at least think that you're tagging up in a map. You, you as as a commander, have the responsibility to communicate where you're going, what you want people to do, etc. In in a clear way, no matter how they're playing with Teamspeak mm-hmm. or not. Some people can't even run Teamspeak in the background. So, um, you know, you've got to make the best of your resources available. And if you're the commander who's just like, right, I'm not going to do any communicating, and I'm just going to sit on CS because I'm lazy, then what are you doing in that role to begin with? You know what I do? I put my blue Dorito up and I run up against the edge of the map and just run into a wall. And people say, what's your team speak? I'll be like, totalserial.com. I really need to get connected with a commander and learn how to world versus world. Uh, yeah, you do. I mean, I will say on the flip side that if you guys don't play world versus world that much, um, being on team speak, it can be a whole different experience. It, it's kind of like, you know, when you're doing guild missions and things, like, think about how boring guild missions would be if you didn't have mumble or whatever to do with do them on will versus will is kind of like that and i think there's something to be said that you know i think there's some quality of life features that people would appreciate um for added commander functionality like if nothing else the ability to say um you know draw on your map so that people in your squad can see things um that was a feature i missed from guild wars one yeah uh, is that you know you could you could draw on the map and you could draw arrows and like x's and you know you could you could actually make pretty interesting sort of uh battle plans or like football formation type things on the fly because everybody could see your map drawings and if they extended that even just to like i said the squad um so you know they you join their squad and you get access to these visual cues like that i think that would help a ton and i think um, you know, that would really aid in that communication, both on and off TeamSpeak, because, you know, sometimes people don't know the names of what you're talking about, you know, when you, or especially if you're talking in acronyms um, and things like that. And, you know, yeah, it'd just be nice to say, like, you know, don't go past here or, like, loop around this way or, you know, things like that. Um, but that's sort of a separate topic. 
So as the last point on World vs. World, Hunter at Hunter's Insight, uh, isn't it still huntersinsight.com? You can go to huntersinsight.wordpress.com. I know it's there. I think he actually let his domain name uh, expire. Oh, okay. I'm checking right now. If you do a Google search for Hunter's Insight, if you're super lazy, you can do that too. Yeah, but you, he can't, hasn't. you can't go to huntersinsight.com. That goes to somewhere completely separate, so... Um, but yeah, he has an article called uh, basically how to be a coward in World vs. World. Let's see, Coward's Guide to Getting Your WVW Meta. And it's, I like how it starts off with step one, log in. Like he's not just assuming you're a coward, but also a dumbass, which is probably, I mean, usually those overlap. There's a good assumption there. But as he goes on to say, you know, it's all about spending badges, going and attacking NPCs and the guards and stuff like that. And essentially, if you do have to fight, just jump in the middle of a Zerg. Get all the tags, yeah. Classes that have access to, to big AoEs have a much easier time getting tags. So, you know, your necromancers, your elementalists, your um, uh, thief shortbow at least can get a pretty good amount of tags, even if it's not going to be as much damage. Um, but other classes have a harder time with that. So that's something you might want to keep in mind for getting your, your kills, because you just need the tags, not the kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, step three, jump. Step four, also jump. It's it's a good art. It's good. It actually is really like I might actually follow this just to get my meta because I haven't even touched it. So yeah, I basically have done step one through six, and that like and when I read this, I guess I said, "Yep, that's this is a this is very much along my line of thinking." So yeah, it's nice to have it actually broken out because some of those harder later ones I hadn't really you know looked into necessarily. Cast cast podcast the podcast within the podcast about the cast of a podcast and style cast of a podcast. <laughs> Not bad. That sounds amazing in British. Yeah, it does. So, okay, <laughs> a little bit of a rap to it, you know? Um, okay, so the first point is Guardian God and the Zeliots of Shiver Peak. Best band name ever. So, yeah, this is, um, this is very Northern Shiver Peaks related. So those of you listening to the show are probably going to take the next two points um, pretty focused on you. So uh, there's a guy named Guardian God, and he runs the Zealots of Shiver Peaks. It's a very big guild on our server, and they've been running a lot of cool stuff. They have on Sundays, they, they kill Tequaddle. If you need that, go ahead and go with them. You're going to get a lot of nice greens out of that. Um, they also kill the worm on Saturdays. They have like zone clearing throughout the week. So if there's a certain zone you got a 100%, those are the guys to go with. They won't do the hearts with you. That'd be stupid. But they're getting all the other stuff done for you. Um, so <clears throat> I will. And I can, I can attest that once you have the waypoints, it's really fast to do the hearts because you can just go zip, 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 zip around the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you're on Northern Shiver Peaks, get hold of them. There's also Northern Shiver Peaks Radio at nspradio.com. Um, if you guys uh, want something to listen to while you play the game, then um, you know this is kind of focused on us. It's very music related, but yeah, so we'll be working hand in hand with them quite a bit. And then obviously there's the shout out to Chronicles of Tyria. Um, and you guys are doing PvP night streaming? Yes. Um, it goes better some nights than others. <laughs> is it um, <laughs> you doing Team Q? arena yeah and i mean some of the people are very new to it so don't get on there thinking you're going to see like a high amount of professionalism all the time uh, unless i'm in there then of course <laughs> you will right I, i'm a freaking uh prismatic what is it prismatic understanding scrub very frustrating uh okay yep i won't judge i play rifle warrior in spvp and it rocks <laughs> seriously um yeah <laughs> you've seen a lot of them yeah and you'll continue to <laughs> um anything i want to share Yes, sort of. Uh, much like what you said about the first two points applying to Northern Shiver Peaks, this one will probably only apply to members of Gunners Hold EU. I'm thinking of doing a World vs. World event Saturday afternoon next week, which would be Saturday the 24th of May, um, to kind of clear up on anyone who has their World vs. World metas still outstanding. Um, but I'll be posting the details of that in the RPS Guild Forum and also our community forum. But in terms of bigger PV stuff, especially with you guys on Relics of Awe. Um, we'll see kind of what happens with the mega servers, but there's a way, like you mentioned, Zillions of Shiver Peak do the whole map completion thing um, on a weekly basis. Possibly a way that we could emulate that for the huge PvE events, but it might be complicated, so we'll see what happens. And then you guys, Relics of Awe, had an interview with Chris Whiteside. Woo! We'll be attaching a little bit of that to the podcast, but if you guys really want to hear it, there's a whole audio version of it already up on our iTunes feed. A lot of you guys have probably already heard it if you're subscribers, but then there's a video of it. We even have a transcription, so if you want to read it. Those guys, I mean, they manually transcribed it. I transcribed five minutes of it, and my eyes <laughs> fell out of my head. Yeah, I ended up I ended up doing about half an hour of it, and it was... Uh... 
it was, if you've never transcribed something, it's probably a little bit harder than you would think. I uh, I type pretty fast, but in in an effort to actually try and get it as accurate as possible, I definitely found myself like listening to a sentence, typing it out, and sort of queuing it up in my head, and then going back ten seconds over and over and over again in the video because you know, if nothing else, people, especially when they're in an informal setting like this, use a lot of ums and ahs and start sentences and then change their mind halfway through and sort of restate it and it's it's actually fairly difficult to transcribe that stuff but uh yeah it's not that hard it's it's mostly time consuming but uh yeah it was i thought it was a good interview oh yeah very reflective on what happened with living story also you get to pick his brain a little bit about how you get involved in what he's doing now which there are a lot of people that listen to this stuff and they're interested in becoming part of you know the gaming industry so you probably want to hear this yeah absolutely and it um yeah, it's it's funny how hey, I think there's there is or there will be some sort of mixed reactions about the responses about season two or sort of lack thereof. But, you know, it's one of those things where you have to understand that, you know, back to the potato analogy, they don't want to promise potatoes and then end up giving yams. And if the things aren't actually to a state where they know for sure that we're getting potatoes, they you know, they just they don't want to say anything about it. And the fact that they're sitting down for an interview doesn't somehow give us like a magical lens of truth that we get to see the future or that they get to see the future and you know they get asked these questions all the time and you know it's um it's you, you see it if you if you watch a lot of their sort of impromptu interviews or or off the cuff speaking things you know when whenever people ask them things that they just really shouldn't be talking about yet it's very it's very difficult for them i really empathize with their um you know with their position on some of these things because you know they really they really can't say anything and they really shouldn't and so you know it um I, you shouldn't give them too hard of a time you know if you're if you're listening and you're frustrated that they don't want to talk about things yet yeah um also big thanks to the guys which is basically all of relics of war but me because my butt was in sacramento but everybody else who made this possible um malkior and shongaku really went out of their way um in fact i don't think it would have been possible if i was actually involved with this <laughs> they don't like me but yeah they're those guys have a great rapport with uh arena net so um hopefully we'll see more of that kind of stuff also uh malkior seems pretty excited about this sort of thing so mm-hmm. just want to say a big thanks to him for all the tweeting and setting up that he's done uh, to get this out the door yeah he definitely he definitely went above and beyond on getting this stuff coordinated it's, so it's a long yeah. interview i mean they really go in depth with yeah with with chris's background and then the development of the game and then as you said living story and things like that so it's they do have a, a fair bit of banter, but there's also quite a lot of serious content especially in relation to uh cdi yeah mm-hmm. yeah the cdi stuff was was pretty good it's yeah, I, I love listening to their actual feedback on, on how they feel about it and its purpose and its effectiveness and all those types of things. All right, guys, uh, let's get out of here. So I'm going to look up a Mitch Hedberg quote in case nobody else has anything, but it's time for Wheel of Morality. So anybody want to take this or do Wheel I really... of Morality, turn, turn, oh, no. turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Oh, uh, Lord. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I t- I don't have a girlfriend, but I do know a woman who'd be mad at me for saying that. <laughs> all right, guys, I gotta, I gotta jump out of here. I gotta go save my dog. It's all right. I'm about to go maybe adopt kittens. We'll see. I want some food. I'm going to eat some animals. Sorry, I didn't listen to every word you ever said. Sorry that I spent so much time living in my head. Sorry, I gave you everything. I don't. I honestly, I never played either one. I just know all the the quotes that they have in there. And the only one I really like is "I've got balls of steel." Oh, that was, that was amazing. Good. Yeah. I mean, my favorite is always the "I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum." You know where that came from, though? That's Where'd not that originally Newcomb, is it? It's from like an 80s. Yeah, the uh, like an action movie. They live. Oh, okay. The Little one bit where he had the glasses. There. Yeah, he had the glasses, and he could see the aliens that were hiding among them. Okay. I'm going to have one reference to that. T- well, no, I'll just say it now. I Most of my friends moved to WoW, so I activated my subscription. I got on long enough to set up my interface. Get off. Get I had, yeah, you banned. I only got on long <laughs> enough to set up my interface, and I'm like, this interface looks great. And then I actually looked at the game, and I'm like, wow, these graphics look like they filmed a cheese dip back in 1957. <laughs> That's fantastic. You should have saved that for the recording.
week, Mal? I'm doing really good, man. I'm super excited. Yes, it's super exciting because we have studio design director from ArenaNet, Chris Whiteside, on the line from us immediately after your Chinese release. Congratulations on that. How are you guys feeling the first few hours in? Very, very excited. It's great to play with um, what is now a a global community and um, seeing the world through uh, their eyes. It's all fresh again and new, and it's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm kind of waiting for you, uh, for the the listeners that won't have heard this, but I just got pranked with a question by these guys like two minutes ago. I'm just waiting for the next prank question for them to put me on the spot. Let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, from that, I'm great. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to chat with us. And thank you for taking the time to talk. To talk to us as well. This is this is awesome. This has been sort and, of like for being such a good sport. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What goes around comes around. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! So to start off with, why don't we uh, we just have a few questions, sort of about you in general, so that people can get to know you better. I know that a lot of times with the internet community, people sometimes have a hard time. Like they'll they'll see this name attached to a dev post or something. They'll be like, that man is my nemesis or something, and they have a hard time relating to 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 red names as a as people. So. Part of what we're going to open up with is a discussion. Is just asking you a few questions about you know who you are, both in your life, in games, in game, that sort of thing, and get people to know who Chris Whiteside is, so that when they see you post, they say, "Oh, it's that guy. I like him." So it's that guy, and I, I still don't like him. <laughs>